After several years of stability with Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde, the Buffalo Bills safety group has a lot to figure out moving forward. We're going to break down those dynamics today on Locked on Bills. You are locked on Bills. Your daily Buffalo Bills podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino, author of Go Bills and Buffalo's Run, also the co-host of the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast, and I'm your host of Locked On Bills. want to thank you for making Locked On Bills your first listen every day, and a big welcome and shout-out to our everydayers. You know who you are, those of you who never miss a single episode. I appreciate y'all being here very, very much. I'd also like to invite you to subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, folks, this will tie a ribbon on the performance review series. We're breaking down the Buffalo Bills safeties here on today's episode. And after this, we will have discussed every position group and every player from the 2023 Buffalo Bills. So if you're looking for my opinion on how a player performed in 2023, what their future outlook is, what the cap ramifications are with that player. We have discussed literally every single player throughout this series. And so it sets a great foundation for what's coming next, where we're going to discuss outside options. And as we've identified needs throughout this series, we could talk about how Brandon Bean can fill those needs. And so we will shift from looking at this operation and evaluating the bills to now that we know what the bills have, we can figure out what they need and have some fun conversations about free agency and the draft moving forward. Uh, so we will finish today with safeties, and we'll start by talking about Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde. Then I want to get into Taylor Rapp and Cam Lewis, who were important depth players for the Buffalo Bills in 2023. But is there a chance there's more on their plates in 2024 and beyond, keeping in mind that both of them are expiring contracts, so there's some unique dynamics there. Then I want to talk to Mar Hamlin and this need that exists at safety. I will acknowledge, and I think safety is potentially one of the biggest needs that the Buffalo Bills have, but my ideas for how to fix the need or you know fill the hole is probably different than maybe what some other people have considered for how the Bills can fix uh, the safety position, and I have some information that I want to break down there. So a lot to get to here on this episode, but let's start with Jordan Poyer. A 2017 free agent signing, 32 years old. He turns 33 in April. His contract, he's entering year two of his two-year, $12.5 million contract that he signed last offseason. Now, the Bills can get out of this contract and save a fair amount of cap space. They can release Jordan Poyer and free up $5.5 million in cap with $2 million in dead cap accumulation. In 2023, Jordan Poyer played in 16 games with 16 starts. He missed one game, was on the field for 98% of the defensive snaps, 15% of the special team snaps, collected 100 tackles, four pass breakups, a forced fumble, two tackles for loss, one sack, did not have an interception. As for my 2023 review for Jordan Poyer, the word that I have down is unselfish. We're talking about a veteran safety, age 32 season, didn't get the deal he was hoping for in the offseason. He's 190 pounds, 
and he's playing by far the highest percentage of his snaps in the box, in the slot, and as a second-level defender. And the game is different when you're playing closer to the line of scrimmage. When you're a deep safety, you get to play from distance. You can read and react. When you're closer to the action and you're an undersized player, but you're asked to fill a huge role as this dime linebacker to help mitigate the loss of Matt Milano, it's a different ball game. And I think you can look at 2023 and come to the conclusion that it wasn't the highest level of impact playmaking that we've seen from Jordan Poyer, but that should be expected given the circumstances. And maybe some of it is age on Jordan Poyer, but think about the role that he was asked to fill. And he still played a fair amount of deep safety, but again, a very high percentage of his snaps playing on the second level, way higher than any other season of his career. And so I think he filled an important role to help mitigate that loss of Matt Milano to help hide some of the deficiencies of Tyrell Dotson. And so I have a lot of respect for the season that Jordan Poyer had, although maybe it wasn't as impactful as we've seen in the past. And maybe he did show some age, but I think all things considered, um, when you keep in mind all of the context, you can have a, uh, an appreciative conclusion as you reflect on Jordan Poyer's 2023 season. As for his 2024 outlook, I feel better about his forecast in 2024 and beyond than I do Micah Hyde. And I'm not suggesting an extension for Jordan Poyer, but it wouldn't be crazy to me if Poyer is back as a starter next season and hopefully able to play more as a true safety. And of course, that really that's really rooted in Matt Milano being back and playing on the second level next to Terrell Bernard. And then you can keep Jordan Poyer in his more traditional deeper alignments. Um, I think it'd be nice for the Bills, if possible, to transition away from Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer in staggered years. Jordan Poyer's come out and said he wants to play in 2024. He's under contract with the Bills, but obviously that can change and there is a fair amount of cap to be saved by moving on from Poyer. And so the Bills will have to ask themselves some questions about if they want him back for uh, 2024 or if they want to move on and get that $5.5 million in cap space. But I think I'd be pretty satisfied if Poyer was one of the starting safeties next year. Uh, but I don't feel as good about Micah Hyde being his running mate. So let's talk next about Micah Hyde. Also a 2017 free agent signing. He's 33 years old. He turns 34 in December. Micah Hyde's contract is expired. He completed his two-year $19.3 million deal. In 2023, he played in 14 games, 14 starts. In those 14 games on the field for 92% of the defensive snaps, 11% on special teams, Micah Hyde collected 54 tackles, seven pass breakups, two interceptions, and a tackle for loss. As for the 2023 review, I think it was great to have him back. I thought he had a solid start to the season. Then he started to fall off a bit. You hated to see later in the season him having some issues with stingers, and you obviously are fully aware of his history with neck injuries. And I thought he was put in some tough situations, Micah Hyde. Obviously, you know when he plays in deeper alignments and can stay leveraged over top and take away throws down the field, that's where he's at his best. But I thought Sean McDermott put him in some hard man-to-man coverage looks where he had to play you know, off-man coverage against good slot players, against good tight ends, as he tried to be a little bit more aggressive with some blitz looks on third downs. And I thought that put Micah Hyde in some very, very challenging situations that maybe weren't ideal for him given this point in his career. Um, 
I think you can feel the age on Micah Hyde more than Jordan Poyer, in my opinion. And it's a shame because I think 2021 was Micah Hyde's best season with the Buffalo Bills. And then, of course, he misses basically all of 2022. And then you get like 75% of what he normally is in 2023. So as for his 2024 outlook, I think this is it for Micah Hyde. Um, It sure sounds like goodbye for him based on his messaging after the season, based on his wife's Instagram post, and he had a heck of a run. Uh, Him and Jordan Poyer were a legendary duo in the world of Buffalo sports, but also in terms of NFL safety tandems. You don't see guys that have runs like this together on the same team and produce like they did for as long as they did. You know, Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde have so much to do with the turnaround in Buffalo. Got here the same year that Sean McDermott did. And I think they had so much to do with the culture changing in Buffalo. And and not just because they were good players that were there when Sean McDermott got there in 2017, but it was the development that they showed. These were guys that, you know, Micah Hyde had a decent run with the Green Bay Packers. They didn't offer him a contract extension. Jordan Poyer bounced around between the Eagles and the Browns and you know, was never uh, a guy that had consistent playing time. They go to Buffalo and their potential is unlocked and you started to believe that guys could come to Buffalo and be the best version of themselves. And so I think that development that they showed, the leadership, the impact, had so much to do with Buffalo becoming a a completely different conversation today compared to where where it was in 2015, you know, 2016 and, and prior to that. So it's exciting to have been able to enjoy them for as long as we have. But I think the reality is, and we've wondered when this was going to come, I feel like we're at the end of the line as it relates to this group, Poyer and Hyde as a duo. Again, I think there's a a possibility that Poyer, of course, is back as a starter. Not so sure about Micah Hyde. And if this is it, you know, we'll we'll celebrate him when he makes that news official. Um, But as we speculate right now, it certainly feels like this is the end of the line for Micah Hyde. All right, we're going to talk Taylor Rapp, Cam Lewis, potential starters for the Buffalo Bills. We'll talk about that here in just a second, so be sure to stick with me. DoorDash went all out for game day and DoorDashed stuff from all the Super Bowl ads to one lucky winner, car snacks, and even tax software. DoorDash is the all-in-one app for your everyday needs, from restaurants and groceries to flowers and gifts, so next time you're running low on dinner ideas, pet supplies, or just time, you can get so much more than you realize delivered with DoorDash. Maybe you didn't have time to get to the grocery store this past weekend with all the big game commotion, or maybe your bar cart has mysteriously been cleared out. Stock back up for the week ahead with delivery from DoorDash. Football season might be over, but we're in the thick of basketball games, the school year, and let's face it, winter. I can think of a million reasons daily to order with DoorDash, so check it out. Hop on the app and make your day just a little bit easier. All right, let's talk Taylor Rapp and Cam Lewis. We'll start with Taylor Rapp, then we'll get to Cam Lewis. Taylor Rapp, a 2023 free agent signing by the Buffalo Bills. Taylor Rapp is 26. He turns 27 in December. His contract is expired. He signed a one-year, $1.8 million deal with the Buffalo Bills after being a starter for the Rams for like four seasons. In 2023, he played in 16 games for the Bills with four starts. In those 16 games, he was on the field for 42% of the defensive snaps, 49% of the special team snaps, collected 50 tackles, two pass breakups, one interception, fumble recovery, a tackle for loss, and half a sack. Obviously, 
that interception against Miami was huge, right? Kind of clinched the division there as Miami had a chance there at the end of the game. As for his 2023 review, I think the Bills got really good value out of this contract. And maybe you were hoping for more. I, I was. I thought he'd be a little bit better than he was in 2023. But for a guy that signed a one-year, $1.8 million deal to get reasonable play on 42% of your defensive snaps, 49% of your special team snaps, for him to have an active role in making a huge play to win the division, I think you can come away with some appreciation for what Taylor Rapp was, even if you thought maybe there would be a bit more impact and maybe a few less blunders, to be honest with you. I was hopeful for Taylor Rapp because he was – one of the guys last offseason, as we were wondering if Jordan Poyer was going to be back, I thought that the Bills could could target a guy like Taylor Rapp in free agency and him be a starter if the Bills were to lose Jordan Poyer. And then, of course, they wind up getting Jordan Poyer back and signing Taylor Rapp, and Taylor Rapp uh, serves this role as a third safety, which became really important when Matt Milano got injured and then Jordan Poyer played on the second level. Taylor Rapp came in as a third safety on the field. Um, so I think he did some good things for this team. Um, but whether it was sort of the hype that I had for him coming out of the Rams, watching him at training camp, you could see he was really athletic. He was always around the ball You know, he's a rocked up dude. You know, there's a lot to, to like there, but I think the results on the field were just a bit inconsistent. Uh, earlier in the season, they tried to play him in the box. You know, think about that jets game. In week one, I thought he was a disaster playing as a low safety and, and playing closer to the line of scrimmage. Um, and then, you know, he plays in some deeper alignments. I think he does a little bit better. Uh, but there were some moments also where, you know, he had some issues with tackling. And I remember that Bengals game and him getting juked out by backup tight ends. And, you know, there were some instances of him being kind of reckless when tackling. And there's some friendly fryer and causing some injuries to Bills players because he's showing up and just, um, not being under enough control when tackling. So I think there's some good and bad as it relates to Taylor Rapp, and maybe that's to be expected for a guy that is trying to fill multiple roles for a team that he's brand new to, right? So I think it's important for us to be mindful of all of that. As for his 2024 outlook, you know, I think we have to to consider Taylor Rapp as a potential player the Bills bring back on a low-cost deal that could be in line to start next to Jordan Poyer. Uh, will he be more comfortable in the defense in year two? I think he should, right? That that should be the case. But also, I think you have to look at this from the perspective of, all right, he played a lot of football for the Rams, and then he hits the open market, and the contract that he signs is one year, $1.8 million with the Bills, right? Former day two pick, athletic. Again, had a decent run as a starting safety, and what was there for him? One year, $1.8 million from the Bills. What did he do this year, you know, in 16 games with four starts? What did he do this year to change his market? To me, not much. So I think there's a chance that a similar type contract is what Taylor Rapp will be staring at the, in terms of the opportunities that exist for him this offseason. And so is he a worthwhile candidate to consider as your starter opposite of Jordan Poyer in, in 2024? I think whether you want that or not, I think you should acknowledge that as a realistic possibility for the team to consider and and don't find yourself surprised if that's the road that they go down. Let's talk about Cam Lewis, and I think it's a, a similar conversation. Candidly, I, I really do. I think you should be thinking about 
the Bills thinking about Cam Lewis as a potential starter for this football team. So let's talk about that. A 2020 undrafted free agent. Cam Lewis is 26. He turns 27 in April. His contract is expired. He played on a one-year, $1.2 million deal last year for the Bills. In 2023, he played in 17 games, did not start any, on the field for 13% of the defensive snaps, 75% of the special team snaps, collected 21 tackles, two pass breakups, and a tackle for loss. As for his 2023 review, I thought he played fairly solid when he was playing safety. I didn't like his slot reps uh, quite as much. We know that Cam Lewis is a guy that has been trained at outside corner, slot, and safety, and so that versatility is, is great. Uh, but I, I find his best moments to come as a safety. And I just get the sense that the team really likes him. When you hear McDermott talk about him, when you hear Brandon Bean talk about him, there's a lot of praise uh, for him. And we have to be mindful that he's been around since 2020 for the Buffalo Bills and has been trained on so many different positions. And so, again, it wouldn't shock me to see Cam Lewis come back and competing for a starting job. You know, is is Cam Lewis the next example of a good player development story for the Buffalo Bills? You've seen this kind of happen uh, where guys that have been maybe on the practice squad for a bit start to get more opportunity and then, you know, they start to make an impact, whether that's a guy like Ike Bucker. You saw Ryan Vandemark and Alec Anderson go from the practice squad in one year to the active roster the next season. Quentin Morris has done this type of thing. You know, I think Cam Lewis is at that point now where, Maybe there's enough trust in him that they look at him to be a starter opposite of Jordan Poyer. Maybe you're starting safety. Maybe they move on from Jordan Poyer and they bring back Cam Lewis and Taylor Rapp. And these are your starters. Like, I, I think this is the type of stuff that we should be considering. And whether you like it or not, like, I'm not sitting here and saying that this is what the Bills should do, but I think these are the types of questions that the Bills are asking themselves, especially when you consider. Sean McDermott's history with safeties and the production that he's been able to get out of guys. And you think about uh, Quentin Michael, a guy with the Philadelphia Eagles that his first four years on the team, he winds up starting like one game and then he gets a chance to start with Sean McDermott. He's a pro bowler and has a nice little run as a starter for them. Like is Cam Lewis the next Quentin Michael? I think these are possibilities that we need to be considering in terms of what actually happens. Again, you can push back and say, I think that's a terrible plan. I think it's something that the Bills are considering, and I think it's something that's worthwhile for us to discuss as we can consider and explore the possibilities for the Buffalo Bills at safety in 2024 and beyond. All right, folks, in just a moment, we're going to talk Damar Hamlin. We're going to talk Brandon Bean's to-do list at the safety position, and I want to talk more about Sean McDermott's history of developing safeties and getting production out of them. So be sure to stick with me. Are you the kind of person or the kind of driver that likes to push things a little further? Have you ever wondered what adventure could be around the next corner? Our friends at Nissan have a lineup of SUVs with the capabilities to take your adventure to the next level. The 2024 Nissan Rogue is perfect for city drives and great escapes. Class-exclusive Google built-in is your always updating assistant to call on for almost anything. Gone are the days of connecting your phone. Google Assistant, Google Maps, and Google Play Store are built right into the 123 HD touchscreen infotainment system. The 2024 Rogue is the perfect midsize crossover for your next adventure. The 2024 Nissan Armada will change what you expect from a full-size SUV. Picture a rugged 4x4 that can seat up to 8 in first-class luxury and style. 
tow bigger and explore further in the 2024 Armada. Take the Nissan Rogue, Nissan Pathfinder, or Nissan Armada and go find your next big adventure. Shop NissanUSA.com. All right, folks, welcome back. We're talking Damar Hamlin and the plan at safety for the Buffalo Bills this offseason. Damar Hamlin, a 2021 sixth-round pick, number 212 overall. Damar is 25. He turns 26 in March. He's entering year three of his four-year $3.6 million rookie deal. In 2023, played in five games, did not start any, on the field for 5% of the defensive snaps, 65% of the special team snaps, of course, in the five games that he was active for. He collected a total of two tackles. As for his 2023 review, I think it's obviously an incredible comeback. Um, Unbelievable, right? I mean, what we saw in Cincinnati to him being on this team is incredible. And it's something that I don't know, we'll never forget as, as Bills fans. And it'll always be something that we celebrate. And so that's incredible. Like we can, we can talk about the impact that wasn't really there for him this season, but the fact that he earned a roster spot all season long is very, very impressive. And I don't think that the Bills would roster him for any other reason that he earned it, right? I think he was a 13-game starter in 2022. And the Bills rostered him. Now, the reality is he didn't earn playing time over Taylor Rapp or Cam Lewis after starting 13 games in 2022. And I think that says something. And it's hard to forecast him moving forward because it felt like maybe there was some momentum for DeMar Hamlin to be a, an eventual like long-term starter for the Bills. And, you know, he needs to he needs to reconvince the coaching staff that that's where he should be. And so as for his 2024 outlook, I think it's probably a similar role for him where he's kind of your fourth or fifth safety. But I think also a more normal offseason for him will be helpful. And obviously he was coming out of that heart condition and getting himself ready to play. And not only that, but the mental hurdles that I'm sure existed with getting back on the field and going back to the arena that led you to needing to be resuscitated, right? I mean, that's really tough to to consider. And so you remember the messaging from Sean McDermott, you know, we're going at the Mars pace, et cetera, et cetera. Well, it should be very much back on track this offseason in terms of normalcy and, and what he's doing and, and how he's attacking everything um, compared to last year. And so we'll see, but maybe we shouldn't sleep on him as a contender for uh, third safety job, or, you know, again, this is a 13-game starter in 2022, a, a year that, you know, the Bills were 13-3, and three, and did you think that the Bills couldn't win the Super Bowl because DeMar Hamlin was the starting safety? I don't I don't think anybody thought that. Um, did he have some inconsistency? Yeah, I thought he was a little bit of an uh, of a inconsistent downhill player in terms of angles and coming to balance as a tackler, but, you know, you kind of felt like there was a lot of likable qualities in terms of his urgency and his motor. And, uh, you know, there was, again, 13-game starter on a good defense that you never thought to yourself, the Bills can't go all the way because DeMar Hamlin's one of the starters on this defense. I do want to offer some thoughts on him not winning comeback player of the year. I find it to be disappointing. You know, whenever all of this went down in Cincinnati and, 
you started to think about the idea of DeMar Hamlin playing football again, everybody said if DeMar Hamlin is on the Bills in 2023, he's the comeback player of the year. And the guy that takes that from him is Joe Flacco, who started five games. He came back from what? Being terrible and being on the couch? And then can we just be honest about how Joe Flacco played? He was terrible. He just played YOLO ball and threw a ton of interceptions, but some of it got through. I, 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 think, it's, I think it's very ridiculous. Nobody's ever come back from what DeMar Hamlin did. Nobody. No, I mean, I, I just feel like somehow the sensitivity of what happened there got lost. And Joe Flacco started five games and gets comeback player of the year over DeMar Hamlin, who died on the field? I don't. I have no words. I have no words. I mean, Joe Flacco wasn't even the second-best candidate, in my opinion. How about Tua Tungavailoa? And I know nobody wants to hear anything good about a Dolphins player, but, like, that guy had all the concussions. People were talking that he should retire. He comes back and starts every all 17 games and leads the league in passing. Like, that's a better story than Joe Flacco. Matthew Stafford's a better flack story than Joe Flacco. I mean, to me, it's obviously DeMar Hamlin, but Joe Flacco being the one that takes it from DeMar Hamlin and him not even being the most deserving player is just insane to me. As for futures contracts at safety, the Bills have Kendall Williamson who was a draft pick by the Bears uh, last year. Uh, So he's in the mix as well. So what do the Bills have? What do they need? Well, what do they have is questions, right? (laughs) They have questions here. Jordan Poyer, DeMar Hamlin, Kendall Williamson. That's it. That's that's what's under contract next season. Micah Hyde, Taylor Rapp, Cam Lewis, all expired contracts. So what do they need? They need to make a decision on Jordan Poyer. That's kind of step one for me is, do you want Jordan Poyer? Or do you want the $5.5 million in cap savings? Make that choice. Because you either need two starters or you need one starter. And regardless, you need kind of that third guy. Um, and you need more depth. So you, you're, you're going to have some players here. You're either going to have some new players or some new contracts and probably some of both. But here's what they really need to do. And I have this written down, and it's Sean McDermott, do your thing. If there's anything that I trust Sean McDermott to figure out, it's a safety position. And I recognize that this is one of the top needs for the Bills. If you ask me what the top needs are, I would tell you wide receiver, defensive tackle, defensive end, and safety. I think it's definitely one of the top four needs for the Buffalo Bills. But acknowledging the significance of the need is one thing, but then acknowledging what's necessary to fill the need is another thing. I'm not interested in a first-round safety at all. I'm not interested probably in a second round safety or a third round safety. I don't think that's what's required to fill the need. And and again, I go back to Sean McDermott's track record. It's unbelievable at safety. Going back to Philadelphia, where he's the offensive or defense coordinator 2009-2010. I already mentioned Quentin Michael, who his previous four seasons started like one game. In 2009, he's a pro bowler for Sean McDermott. He goes to Carolina, and he unlocks guys like Mike Mitchell and Kurt Coleman, and Trey Boston winds up having a nice stretch with him. 
he goes to the Bills and it's Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde who are afterthoughts for their previous teams. Like, wh- tell me why the Bills should be thinking about a, a safety in the first three rounds, especially in the first round. Are you kidding me? I just don't think that's necessary. And as we talked about with Taylor Rapp and Cam Lewis, guys that, you know, Taylor Rapp, one year, 1.8 million, Cam, Le- Cam Lewis, one year, 1.2 million. What did they do this year? That, that drastically changes what their market should be. I'd rather just have those guys back. Those guys back plus Jordan Poyer, plus DeMar Hamlin, plus a day three pick, or a bargain bin free agent. Like, that's probably going to be fine. You're going to have to make some concessions here on this roster, folks. The Bills are over the cap by $50 million. There's not going to be a, a clear path to getting clear answers at every single position. So where can you where can you quote unquote, get by, obviously it's safety to me. You got to find some dudes to play on the D line. You got to find some dudes. You need to find an answer at wide receiver. At safety, I just kind of trust Sean McDermott to figure this out, absent of a premium investment. And maybe Taylor Rapp and Cam Lewis aren't the most exciting ideas for you. But let me ask you this. Taylor Rapp or Cam Lewis, with experience in the defense, Taylor Rapp would be going into year two. Cam Lewis would be going into year five. Is that time on task more appealing at, at again, sub $2 million a year contracts than you're a rookie or some bargain bin free agent that doesn't have time on task in the system? Like, that's, that's how you have to look at it. And so, yes, this, this is a need, but I don't think the path to filling it is overly complicated and needs to be a premium investment to fix the need. I'll be candidly, if the Bills' safeties next year are Poyer, Rapp, Lewis, Hamlin, and a mid, mid-round mid draft pick, that's going to be okay because you have to get by somewhere. You have to. And to me, that's a very reasonable path. I've had some questions uh, from people about me doing a special teams review. I did that. If you go to the coaching staff review, I spent a lot of time on Matthew Smiley, and through that, I talked Tyler Bass, talked Sam Martin, talked the return game, talked the kick coverage. So if you're looking for my thoughts on, on that, please go back to the coaching review where I, I really dove, dove into those dynamics. But that's it. We've done the performance review series. One of the next conversations that we're going to have is something I do every year, and it's a really important conversation. It's how the Bills can get better from within. And I think player development and guys that are not at their ceilings that's more important than any player the Bills are going to be able to add from outside the team. It's going to be the players that they already have that haven't reached their ceiling taking those steps. And so we're going to have a big conversation about where there's room from players you already have to take steps. And so that'll be a really significant part of our offseason conversation. I'm, I'm scheduling that for Monday, unless there's any big, crazy breaking nudes. That'll be our next conversation. And then, of course, we're going to start talking outside options, getting into this free agent class, and then, of course, the draft options. So make sure you're subscribed. Would love it if you took a second to rate, review, and share the podcast. Have a great rest of your day. Go Bills, and I look forward to catching up with you again real soon.